What's going on, everybody? This is AJ Capasso here from Coventry Circle Paranormal and Talking with the Source. Robin from Hawthorne Paranormal and Talking with the Source. And you guys are watching another episode. So today, man, we have an awesome we have an awesome guest. I just want to honestly get right into it. I don't even want to say anything else. I mean, the first thing I do want to do, though, is I actually do want to just shout out um, Paralynx Plus right now. We are live on Paralynx Plus. Paralynx is a great um, place to get all your podcasts um, for paranormal needs. Also, Parapost Network. We are also live there for all types of live stuff from podcasts to mediumship to tarot readings. I mean, you name it, different paranormal categories as well, just like Paralinks. So please go visit them. And also the P3 program, check that out on Facebook as well. But Robin, you go ahead and make this intro because I know this is your day. Yeah, I've been. <laughs> I've been proper pumped for this. This, this is a guy. This is a guy who I watched on a TV program, and I thought to myself, he's never going to come on, but but I'll try anyway. So I tried, and I was like, yes. So for anybody who's familiar with the Roswell incident in 1947, the guy who who found the the wreckage was Jesse Marcel. Today, we have his grandson, Jesse Marcel III, on. Jesse! Hello. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Yourself? It's quite the introduction. Absolutely. I'm pumped for this one. It really is. Like we said in the back, we couldn't stop thanking you already. So you're probably going to hear that a thousand times throughout the whole night. But we really, truly appreciate it. We do. But I... Well, thank you. So Where Robin, do we want to start? <laughs> go ahead. Uh, with the... Uh, with with Robin, the... Robin, Robin. Jesse, just tell me about the damn aliens, man. Come on. I want to know the truth. Are they real? They're so, everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't want to get to that point. Robin, go ahead. I apologize. I had to no, you're it. okay. No. It's just... Uh, I, first, I first seen you, Jesse, on that program. If anyone hasn't seen it, Roswell, the first witness... Uh, and it's a really, a really in-depth program as to everything that happened. So, give us your take on it. The you know the the, the 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 actual program was quite an experience. It was kind of fun. They they actually shot the first episode of my house. Um, but it's it, it's always it's been obviously part of the lore, part of the family since uh, as early as I can remember. Anyway, um, you know, starting back where my my dad, my grandfather, they're, they're both pretty stand-up individuals. Uh, my grandfather, I knew more of a military guy um, when I was really young. And, uh, and my father was both a medical doctor and he was also. Um, I, it, for me, it kind of started out, it started out differently for each of the members of the family. We were all kids, um, you know, anywhere from, you know, nine to 12 years old, that kind of thing, back that, back of that age. And my real first experience of what Roswell was, which I didn't know anything about before this point, um, was watching Star Trek at dinner with the family. And uh, uh, my, my dad was really into science fiction. I was too, I kind of like, I, I, I started out with 2001 A Space Odyssey and you just fell in love with that whole genre and the whole, those, those ideas. And yeah. we're sitting having dinner and my, my dad, uh, it, 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 this is a little, little house in Montana in the middle, middle of the woods. 
and uh, red table, and he pushed up a TV to the table, and it starts playing. He said, "You know, there's some, there, this, this, there's some truth to what is on here. They're not the show. The show's all is all fictional, but your dad, or your grandfather, excuse me, um, was actually part of an investigation of a real UFO that uh, wow. that was that crashed in uh, New Mexico, and I thought, well, fascinating. What's this all about? And that's where the whole story kind of started. Um, he, he went into it. We were lucky that we were lucky as kids to go down to Louisiana where my grandfather and, and my grandmother lived in home, Louisiana. And so we'd spend our summers down there. And uh, there was a big bayou behind my grandfather's house and he would uh, go, we go fishing back there. And uh, that's kind of where I kind of was indoctrinated or started learning all the stories about all that, all facets of it. So do you want that? So yeah, so, I mean that that's how that that's that was really the beginning of it, and then uh, you know if, if I I go you know the story that that that's well published, it's out there um, as far as like, my grandfather and really what it was trying to be a disinformation officer um, were sent out to look at uh, at this at this basically field um, out of Corona, New Mexico, and because something happened the night before, some kind of a, a large a big storm, the lightning, thunder, that kind of thing. Uh, a, a local rancher said something happened, um, and that, uh, and he he went out in this field, and in that process, he came upon a a, a big herd of animals. Of I'm not quite sure they're sheep or, or cows, something like that. And when they he when he came upon them, he noticed they would not cross this field, and they're trying to get to a water source, as my dad would call it. Um, but they would absolutely refuse to cross this field. And uh, he went out there and, and found just debris scattered everywhere. And he couldn't really make heads or tails of it. And uh, he brought parts to the local police station that ended up back in Roswell. And that my, my father or my grandfather, excuse me again, was asked to go take a look at this debris and he couldn't make heads or tails of it. Um, they went back to the base and they sent him out. But you know, as a way the military worked at the time, it was probably not too different today. They sent him out there and, again, uh, another uh, government official just to do the backstory, if it was necessary. Um, he drove out there. I, was, I always thought it was it's kind of interesting when you think about here he is, you know, obviously at the end of the time, back in the back in 1947. Um, th this is out in the middle of absolute nowhere. So he might have not have been able to pick up a little bit of a radio station. I'm not quite sure. But uh, he had uh, even at that point knew what it, whatever it was, was pretty mysterious. You know, I didn't know what it was. And I always think about, you know, what that what was going through his head on his way out there. He, he a little bit of the backstory in him. He was head of intelligence um, during the Second World War. Um, he was heavily involved in the nuclear bombing program, those kind of things, because that was uh, the, the 509th where he came from was the only nuclear bombing group in the world. At the time. And he was the one that rose to the ranks and then ended, ended up being in that program. Um, so he was the, he was the right guy from the set out there. Um, he was he, they. He figured that if he, if anybody was going to go out there and, and uh, elaborate on whatever he saw or seen, excuse me, um, he was the right guy. So, like I said, I'm I'm sure he was very. Uh, um, anyway, not, I wouldn't say spooked, but definitely excited, interested, maybe a little bit nervous. Uh, you know, my 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 grandfather wasn't didn't come out as, as as that kind of guy growing. You know, when I knew him growing up, he was actually yeah. very solid, very. Uh, um, fun loving. Um, he did. Uh, he was always smiling. Always had his pipe. It was, it, it, uh, just a, the the kind of the good old boy kind of thing. But uh, um, I always like envision that prop that that right out of the field. But 
he got there and uh, he, he apparently took a, took one look around and uh, between the amount of the debris and the way it was spread out and that kind of thing, he was like, you know, this is just, I've never seen something like this. Um, it, looking at the, the kinds of debris that were there, it didn't make sense to him. Um, if it was, if it was an aircraft, let's say, this would have only been part of it because there was not, the, the kind of materials there didn't make sense to be an airplane. Um, <laughs> so there was confusion. There was a, um, it, it, was, it was kind of interesting, but it, it was really, it, it didn't take him long at that point when he's standing on the field surrounded by all this stuff to look at it. And that's, he kind of he said, this was not from here. He, you know, as, as he told us, and he, I think he I, I purported through, uh, you know, different news agencies, that kind of thing over time, um, that whatever it was, it wasn't made by human hands. And wow. uh, so, so he, he went, you know, I said he did, he, he picked up parts of it and was you know, viewing it. And he told this disinformation officer, go ahead and go ahead of me. Um, I'll be back at the base in a few hours. Go, you know, go ahead. And the disinformation officer left. Um, and that's where my grandfather proceeded to uh, pull a little box out of the back of his car and fill it with a few pieces of debris and put it back in. Because uh, at that point, he was, where his mind was that this was significant. It wasn't from here. And he had a pretty good idea that when it made back, when it made it back to the base, that this whole thing was going to be wrapped up. It was not going to be for public viewing. It was going to, it was going to be pulled back behind the curtain, so to speak. And he thought this was the one chance that he could, uh, that his son, which would be my father, of course, would have a chance to actually see something like, an, 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 you know, his words wasn't from here. Um, so he went home. I think it was, it was around, you know, around 1 a.m. or so. And, uh, walked in the house and went through a kitchen and the kitchen he pulled stuff out of his box and just laid it all over the floor uh, all the different pieces that kind of thing woke up his wife my grandmother which name was vo and then my father uh jesse marcel of course and had them come down the hall and take a look and see what they see what they thought and uh he was always uh, it's kind of funny it's like yeah you know vo my you know my, my grandmother was like why'd you make a mess out of my house what is this stuff um and he actually he asked my 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 father, hey, took a look at this. Do you see anything that you would think could be, you know, uh, wires or, you know, uses wires or any kind of tubes, uh, the technology at the time, those kind of things, anything that looks familiar to it at all. And, uh, you know, a few minutes, my, my, my father said, no, nothing, nothing he would recognize as a child. He was 12 years old, time 11, 12, and uh, didn't understand it. I can't, I'm sorry. I can't imagine like, being that young and like your grandfather comes home with this otherworldly stuff and lays it on the floor. Like that just, I mean, this is just, Oh my gosh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. This is just awesome. No, it's good. You know, what, what's interesting is like, they're going through my, like my grandfather asked my dad to see like a puzzle. Does it, any of these things fit together or whatever? And they, they said he kind of played around with it and they couldn't get anything to fit together. Uh, you know, like a puzzle, that kind of thing. And uh, one part of it was a beam. Um, so I kind of my, I think my, my father actually called it an I-beam. That's a cross section of the shape of it. My dad pulled up and was looking it over the kitchen sink uh, below a little light. And he noticed that, you know, if you looked at it straight, it was like a grayish silver brushed beam kind of looking thing. Mm. And then if you angled it, then you'd be able to see all these symbols appear on it, these violet symbols. Um, and, he, and he said, you know, dad, come here, take a look at this. And my grandpa said, hey, you know, you're probably the first person to ever look at this alien language. So it was, it was kind of kind of interesting. I think that obviously stuck with my dad, um, and and that was really I think where my grandfather kind of brought into the idea that hey, this is not from here. 
you know, this is not, you know, this is not ours. It's not some military, it's not, it's nothing from the base. We don't know what it is exactly, but he didn't think it was from here. Um, so we're saying in the program that apparently it was, it was a bit like aluminium foil, but when you scrunched it all up, it just flattened out again. Yeah, there, there was, there was several types of material. There was like a, I, I would think the way it's been described to me by our grandfather and dad and that kind of thing. And, and through the family anyway, it, it would be very close to what we have as like the silver mylar that we have today. Like we make balloons out of, uh, you know, oh, very, yeah. a very shiny and it, just like that. You know, if you, if you pull it up and go up, it springs back into shape. It's that kind of idea. Um, maybe it held, you know, I, I like to, 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 to think about ideas. Well, what would this been you uh, have been used for? I'm thinking, well, it's a silver foil. It can, it's very malleable. It can, it doesn't, it was probably pretty strong. So whatever ripped this thing apart was very strong, a very, a very big event. But, uh, you know, it was just traveling through space or whatever, any kind of space debris would destroy whatever's going fast. And maybe this material could absorb space debris, you know, a, a, a dust grain, whatever, and spring back into shape. Maybe it was some kind of a shield of force. Maybe it was, you know, who knows what it was. But um, so, yeah, it, it, to, to us anyway, it'd be like, like, a, like mylar that you fold up and, and let go and it springs back into shape. The beams, my, my dad did say that all the, all the materials, ex with the exception, there was a lot of, um, like he described as Bakelite, which was like the counter material back from the 50s, I guess, um, like a black plastic. So there's lots of that out there. Um, and, and it was all, like I said, it looked like a burnt up plastic, plastic of some kind. But other than that, the, the I-beams and the, the foil, that kind of thing, um, he thought they're all made from the same thing. It's a you know different shape. Well, the the beams had structure where the foil had no structure, but it looked like it was the same material. Um, they talked about how strong it was, and you know, feather light. Um, the grandfather, the, the, as the story goes, would always talk about he you know he smoked too, and you could see in the in in this cigarette pack that the really thin foil from a while ago that used to cover cigarettes or wrap cigarettes, that really yeah. really thin foil, and that's how he kind of described. It. He said. My dad said it wasn't quite as shiny as like tinfoil. It was a little more gray, but uh, that, that was a pretty good description. But he said very, very light, unbelievably wow. strong, that sort of thing. Um, and then these, the beams, they, they, he had apparently pieces there from a few inches long to maybe four feet long, that kind of thing. Um, now, did he keep them or no? He gave them back? At, at that time, my, my grandfather, um, he basically, after they'd viewed all this stuff, uh, put it back in the box and went to the base. And oh, my grand, my father didn't remember exactly how long he until he saw him again. It was probably a couple of days, um, but he brought it all back with him. They were, you know, it's, it wasn't far after the war, and it was one of those things that was, you know, you did what you were. That was the right thing to do. Which I think oh, this, this is government yeah. owned. You don't take it. That kind of thing. I always thought it was kind of interesting because my, you know, my my grandfather was very, you know, he was military. He was he ended up being a colonel. He ended up going through all this. And head of intelligence, like I think, but yet he was willing to twist the rules a little bit to bring this so his family could see it. So, you know, the, through all the stories out there, was this, was this not, whatever, it up to him it was obviously very, very important. Um, so he, he, he would bring it back to the base, and the, you know, the story got, was released in the, in the record about the, the Roswell Daily Record that uh, they had found a flying saucer or that kind of thing. And then once they got out, uh, some other people got involved and they said, no, it was a weather balloon, whatever. Um, but uh, interesting story as we go along. Um, he goes back to the base, and then after he returns home, um, he he went on a I think it was like a, a two week leave, something like that. 
and my father was saying it's interesting because we never went on a two-week leave at that point but my grandfather went on this leave and a number of people from the base went on this leave and uh, you know we're, we're surmising that that leave was actually some of the people involved they got together and decided okay what do we do now you know what where, where do we take this thing what do we do with it um the a big thing that was kind of interesting my father said is upon my grandfather's return from those meetings he met with my my grandmother and him and said simply that this was a non-event that you never saw anything we've never talked about this and you're not to talk about it with anybody um and that's kind of where and on the family side um, as far as where we were at, obviously I wasn't born yet, but my my father eventually ended up in Montana. The thing was kind of separated for quite a while. Um, it turned out that my grandfather did talk to some of our family members. There's lots of Marcells back in home in Louisiana, where he's from, um, that had some interesting stories they talked about. But uh, it was, you know, we, we learned more more on the, you know, I, I would say this was probably the late 70s um, on the fishing trip. And, you know, like we talked about, you know, we just talked about aliens. Okay. This is the debris. What, what, what is it about these aliens? What about this kind of thing? And, you know, it's described as the story goes again, um, that there were multiple crash sites that this either came apart above the ground and a big part of it landed somewhere else. And part of it landed where my grandfather looked. Um, but where my, my grandfather was interesting when you talked about, you know, bodies, you see any bodies, what, what do you see? Um, he did say it was kind of a big story back in the seventies. It seems to be a little bit lost, but there was some kind of an animal that was either hit by this thing or whatever, when it came down, it was, it was some kind of a biological bust mm -hmm. mass that was in that original field. Um, and my, I think my grand, my grandfather said, yeah, maybe it was the cow that got in the way or, you know, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was something else. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but he always, because you know, the, 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 the top of the alien is always a fascinating part. And yeah. he came and asked a couple of things like, uh, well, you know, we'd ask him as kids and stuff. So, so do you, were there aliens? Do you see bodies? You know, at that point, there wasn't a lot out there publicly about it, honestly. Um, but inside the family, of course, we talked about it all the time. We didn't we didn't think about it any different than you talk about the baseball game on the weekends. This just this happened. This is what people talk about. And uh, he's, he's we said, were there, you know, were there bodies? You know, did you see anything like that? And he, his, his response was always the same. He said, I was not involved in that second crash site, but those people that were, you can believe what they said, and they said their bodies. So it was it was in a way of being one step back from saying that yes, there were some kind of alien bodies. I you got to figure that this, my grandfather, even through the end of his life, was a little bit careful about what he said to his family and those immediate. He didn't want to have us go through what he went through as you know antagonized and questioned and that kind of thing about. What'd you hear? What do you see? What do you know? Of course. Or whoever else. Um, I got pretty free to tell about like when we grew up, we knew our phones were tapped. It wasn't hidden, you know, so people were listening to conversations. My, my grandfather, I've said the story before was, or my father was putting together a vacation for us to go to California. Uh, we're going to Disneyland, something like that. And he, he had just hung up the phone. His phone rang. And this is his doctor's his medical office in his practice in Helena. He picked up the phone and they said, uh, so doctor, we understand you're going to be in LA on this date and you're going to be staying here. Can we come by and talk to you? So again, it wasn't like it was being hidden that they weren't listening to his conversations because they were. Um, so he went, he, so this, that's kind of how we grew up. Um, that meeting was basically, uh, it was with a mogul balloon project. They wanted to meet with him and tell him that what you heard about was the mogul balloon project and not about a UFO. And they tried to convince him over and over. And my dad just said, Hey, what you're describing is not what I remember and what I and my dad talked about. So that was kind of that was kind of that. 
But uh, I think they ended up doing a press release after that where Dr. Marcel came out and said that it was a muggle balloon, which there's no truth to. But, uh, yeah. but you know, in general, that that's kind of the cycle. Of course, there's lots of little details and that kind of thing. But uh, I always like to talk about when, you know, one of the memories I have my grandfather is we'd be talking about Roswell and that sort of thing. And, and he would say, you know, wink and smile and say, but there's so much more that I simply can't tell you. Again, with that idea that, um, yeah, China production. It, it would might it, it, today's a different day. Fortunately, you know, there's with my uh, like you know with my dad, it was antagonized. There's people that kind of you know said some pretty lousy things about him. That he was you know one thing was like he was one of those awful motorcycle riders. Well, yeah, he rode his motor motorcycle and climbed the Tetons. They were trying to try to put holes in his in his character, which there weren't any. I mean, he was he was a great guy, but uh, so they and he had to deal with people saying awful things. Um, one, it came out in the press at one time that my grandfather was never even in the military, which is always shut down real fast because he, he was, we, there was a, a lot of information out there, but so my dad had to do deal with some struggles like that. And I wouldn't say defending his grandfather, his father, but just saying, you guys are wrong. No, this is, this is what I, this is what I know. This is what I saw. This is what I was part of. And he always stood on that through, through his last stages that my grandfather did. Um, so um like i said it was it was very interesting and it's it's it was it was fun it's like now with you know my, my my grandfather was a big ham operator radio radio operator and he likes to talk to people all over the world and i always thought that you know with social media he would have loved today just because you can talk to everybody anywhere um, yeah it, it was one of those conversations on, on ham radio call or talk whatever it's called um mentioned to him that hey are you that uh Jesse Marcel from Roswell Air Base said, "Yeah," and he and this guy actually brought him. Said, "Hey, are you? Was there some kind of a UFO out there?" And my 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 grandfather talked to him. I said, "Yeah, I, I was part of it. That's that's me." And they kind of went through the story a little bit on the on their ham radio, and that conversation was picked up, and that's what Stanton Friedman was what was notified of, and that's kind of how the whole thing blew open publicly, and you know, at that point anyway. Wow, oh, so much. That was the wow. See, I see this this topic. See, I, I I am so fascinated by this topic, and I literally do believe that obviously we've been being visited for a long, long time from different yeah. either these are of type of aliens and all over. I totally one hundred percent one hundred percent believe that. And I even heard um I I obviously have heard a little bit about your grandfather's story, but I didn't know that much into it at all and so it's so great to hear it straight from your mouth and straight from your family because you guys obviously witnessed all of it you were there with him and um um it's just oh man there was just so much detail there robin go ahead and ask a question because like i have so many honestly it's just the the thing is you, you can you can tell you know for for us for anybody that's watching anybody that will watch this you can't actually tell from everything that your family went through jesse you know what i mean that I mean, he went back with the parts, and he was told that fact wasn't it, there was a case of the parts were actually swapped, weren't they? He was taken out of the room, and the parts were swapped, and then he was told to basically it was a weather balloon. Now, all this kind of stuff, you don't just do that if it's nothing. And and, and you're you're dead on. I mean, there's there's lots of things around there that just don't make sense, and that's when like like my grandfather when he was. It, going down to the room where those kind of those famous pictures were taken of him holding some, you know, maybe it's just some oil, that kind of thing. Um, I think I, yeah, right here. Is this what is this the one you're talking about? Yes, that's it. 
Yeah. And it, it, you know, if you if you look at that picture, and my sister pointed this out, he's he's not looking at the cameraman. He's looking at somebody who's telling him <laughs> to cooperate, whatever. Um, right. But he actually thought when he was going in that room that they're going to have the real stuff. He thought, oh my goodness, they're actually going to release this to the public. And when he turned the corner and walked in the room, he realized that no, this is not. It's actually it was part of that mogul balloon, pro balloon project. Those kind of things. He's actually it, got it, a look in his face in that picture. I, as if I, he's saying to someone, I didn't sign up for this. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? I didn't sign up to tell lies. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I want to tell the truth. Exactly. exactly. Oh, you could tell that he's sitting there like, really? This is not what I had in my hand. No, there, there, there isn't. One thing that's fascinating, though, is, is, is that he said that in that room of all those materials, that there was some parts of the real one there. Really? So I don't know if there's some, some you know, if, if, if that's where they put some of the stuff and they took some pictures and moved it away and then brought in this other stuff. But he said that there was some of the stuff in the room was actually real. Although most of it was just uh, this muggle balloon project. But uh, there was even some where they were showing like they have a, a, a envelope for a balloon and that kind of stuff that was out there. It's like, you don't send the balloons and their envelopes up. And the, it, it, the whole thing was a fiasco. But I mean, you bring up a good point. It's like, why do any of this? You know what, you know what they did when they found a weather balloon or these kind of things in the desert? There's exactly. a little tiny column and they, it, a kid would find it out in the middle of nowhere and, and call it in and they get like, you know, a, a little prize for calling it in and they would be told to throw it in a, in a trash can. Yeah. That's the way it was treated. It was, it was, it was it, so it's just, but yet they made this huge event and the mogul project at the time was top secret, but yet they're willing to put their top secret project everywhere for yeah. supposedly no reason. It's like, it's like you say, you know, they could have just went, da, weather balloon, carry on. But the fact that they go into this much detail and hassle and whatever else you want to call it, to right. try and, and everybody knows it was a cover-up, to, the, yeah, to yeah. the fact now that they've actually had to come out in the last couple of years and actually admit that they actually they have evidence. Yeah, there's still some that said the same thing as your grandfather, that they felt it and they... You know, from that time, like I was on one of the shows that's recent over in, uh, here in the States. I forget uh, I forget the guy's name and who's on it, but um, they actually had two, two older gentlemen who I knew your father or grandfather mm -hmm. and put all these materials out in front of them and were feeling it. And they were like, nope, these aren't the ones that you don't understand. Like nobody understands what we're trying to say. And I was like hearing that come from you and your, your grandfather. I'm like and seeing this picture and now knowing inside you know, that he's probably definitely looking at somebody and telling him what, the, you know, what to do, because he's not looking at the cameraman. And that's not, you know, if that was really the prized possession, you would be really happy to take that picture, especially yeah, if you're. You know, yeah, that, that picture for again, for anyone, if you want to put it on one more time, AJ, that, yeah. that picture. For, forget the chairs in the background, forget what he has in his hand. Look at the face. The, his face tells the whole story. In my opinion, it, his face is—he's basically—he's thinking to himself, "I'm being—I'm being set up here. I'm being duped here because I know what I've seen, and this isn't what I've seen." It, it, his face tells the whole story in that one picture. It really does. And hearing it now from Jesse is like—it's just like you—you you hear the backstory to it, and you hear just his like, "Oh no, there's no way. Like, there's no way." Now I'm gonna look at that picture. I'm never gonna think of it the same anymore. So thank you, Jesse. <laughs> thank and, and the thing is, I don't mean it. I don't mean it in a derogatory way, Jesse. I don't mean it in that way at all. I'm, I'm oh, saying, no. 
it, you can tell that that he's basically he's he's gutted, or if you want to use a different term, he's pissed off because he's not able to actually say, you know, he opens the box and go and thinks this isn't what I find, but they're like pose with it, you know. Well, it's, it's interesting that 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 picture i mean that propagated you know i i don't want to you know i i mean literally dark black government whatever men in black that's really where it started you know that this is kind of where the whole thing began um on that on that idea or a lot of a lot of those concepts and those sort of things so it's interesting yeah and my dad i, I took it as, uh, as a little bit different because as as kids we had different experiences my sister i have denise marcel my brother john marcel we had different experiences with my grandfather and it, it wasn't always the same, but my, my, my sister was always on the edge that, you know, this really, you know, not terrorized him, but deeply, deeply upset him, upset his life through the years. Cause I mean, yeah, he was, he, they, he was thrown on the sword and he took it, you know, at that, at that point, it's like, okay, now what do we, okay. If this is going to be covered up, what are we going to do now to cover it up? What, what do we have to do? I mean, he was head of intelligence. So obviously that whole idea that that whole idea of where you know this the uh, intelligence was created or, or not intelligence created but all these different departments were created at that time in the government all these things what are we going to do with all this all these all these um and and like i said my 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 sister took this tack that he was very upset most of his life over this thing and that, and she and, and maybe that is that relationship that she had with my grandfather my grandfather the, the one that i had with him was more like he couldn't believe that he was lucky enough to be that person that would have handled this stuff and came to that conclusion at that time. He thought, you know, kind of a blessing. It's like, you know, of all the people on earth, all the places it could have been, it ended up right where I was at. And I was the one chosen out. So I always look at, I'm, I'm a fairly optimistic person too, but that he was, yeah. that, that he was just like, wow, I was that guy. I was the right place at the right time. And I, and, and that's, and I truly believe that, that he, he really, he was yeah. very happy and excited. And, and I remember that time, but, very happy to be that person that 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 was able to 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 be part of something that big. Can you yeah, imagine? I'm, can you imagine ahead. back in that time, Robin? Just imagine being back in that time, and you're the first person to ever see something that you don't even know one what it is, and two, only thing you do know is that it's not from this world. Mm -hmm. like, I know it, it's it's unbelievable that right? that program that program alone. The, the whole way through it, and, and even that photograph, I, I feel so sorry for him because he's literally being silenced. Do you know what I mean? It, it's just, it, honestly. But see, here's the thing, though. So you feel that way, but also you have to remember, like Jesse said, he was doing his job, and he knew that this yeah. was his So, I mean, yes, it, it did gut him because you could see that in that picture that he knew right then and there, like, wait. Does the truth matter? Does my job matter? Really what it matters. But is this a national security issue? Maybe. So I need to be silent. You have to think also like in a military kind of way, like if you're doing your job and you're as dedicated as his grandfather was, you know, you're, yeah, you're probably torn apart between your job that you love and also the truth of what you obviously love because you're moral, you know, you're, you're moral. Yeah. So, I mean, I totally feel that Jesse completely. So thank you for sharing all that. That, that was awesome. You always there's, there's an interesting angle for all this stuff. It's like, you know, you, you grow up and uh, you know they're they're Catholic. They actually had there's had their names. I, I guess the time back then, in the pews in this Catholic church, you'd actually get your family name in them. It was some it was some kind of honor for you know whatever whatever that was back then. 
but so you're, you're talking about somebody who was Catholic or was 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 a believer, uh, a religious believer, and that kind of thing, and and that that obviously was kind of opposed to the idea of of you know other aliens out there, that kind of thing. But we always like inside our family always took it as like, well, there's plenty of space, and you know for so you know for a creator to create life everywhere, and, yeah, and, yeah. and boy, that's sure egotistical to think that we are. <laughs> You know, we we are the the chosen whatever whatever however you want to look at it, but it's like yeah, I was yeah. talking. About, it, there's nothing about this that's fearful. This is only exciting. It's comforting. It's knowing there's there's more and there's you know that's out there. And it, it's just I mean it's a very it's a very you know optimistic, very exciting thinking that there's you know there's like I I was told a story about how I grew up. It's like you know I'm sitting there having dinner with my family and I've been envisioning there's another family on some faraway world having dinner with their family that is yeah. not yeah. different you know it's just like and it's all good you know I guess it's all very good and I yeah you know it's like I don't know if I was directly told that but that's how I grew up we yeah, 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 yeah warm good feeling we were never we never were like worried or scared of something you know that something's out there and it's going to get that never you know we enjoyed in science fiction you know all that kind of thing but in reality and in, in, in data it was never it was everything. It was always very positive. It was fun. Like I said, it, it was easier to be my generation because pretty much all the, the garbage had stopped. You, you didn't have those people out there that were trying to, you know, do say some bad things about you or do whatever um, and, and that sort of thing. So it was like I, I, I the people I greet meet everywhere. You know, there, there's some people that that that, that won't don't, don't want to believe, which is great. I mean, actually, I, I like to listen to people who don't believe it as much as believe it, but it's. The whole idea is that, uh, um, again, a, a very interesting experience, very, very, very positive, very optimistic, very, you know, it's, it's a great story. And like I said, if anything, it only brought our family closer together. You know, it's like, yeah. they, and we, and we it like, like with, with Facebook and everything now, it's always fun to, to have somebody that I went to high school with or college with or whatever, pop and say, hey, whatever happened with that Roswell? Because I don't honestly remember talking about that much, but West of because some people always remember that story, and you know, it's it's like it, it's always going to be part of our, our family. But again, in a in a in a positive way, it's like, like I said, it's it's nothing but it's yeah. it's been fun. It's interesting. Yeah, you know, my my father when I was a kid, he went in the backyard, started digging out a, a, a ditch, and by building a huge observatory by hand, and made a mirror for it. By, I mean, he did this whole the, the biggest observatory in Montana actually at the time, so he could start look up look up the sky, you know, and. Oh. I never knew that. That is, oh, wow, that is wild. Yeah, he did. It was, it was great. I mean, it, literally, he went out there. It was fun. We live on the countryside. And he goes out there with a, you know, with a, a pickaxe, and he's digging a hole, and, and it gets bigger and bigger than, you know, one morning we're out there on the deck looking, there's some little bears are playing in it. But, you know, ended up by doing the whole thing himself. Uh, built walls, concrete block walls, and then a, a big dome, and then he built the telescope. One thing that I always had, my, 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 my father was just an absolute genius. He was a very, very brilliant man. And he 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 had all these glass tubes that we, we he would hand us to kids and we had to roll a wrap with wire. And what he was doing was building a memory bank. So he built a computer before there was really there out there. I mean, there's a, you know the big punch card computers at that time. The computers that, that to control his telescope. So he was like he was so far his mind was but you know so far ahead of what of what was being thought of back then. But uh, it was it was it was interesting. But uh, Wow. Uh, See, yeah, we did that. Talk, talk about coming from legends. <laughs> it's like, let me tell you, 
Like that, your family sounds like the coolest family I've ever I ever even had a chance to meet one of them, a family member from. To be honest, if that makes any sense that I just said, because I tell you what, to have your grandfather, you know, being a military man, doing all the things that you just told us, and then also your father, like being a genius to be able to do what he, what you just told us he did. I mean, that is just that. That's so awesome to hear, man, and to hear that it brought you guys closer together. Oh, yeah. Is, even better because a lot of these stories, I mean, you hear like Bob Lazar where he come came out and all of a sudden it's like, you know, he's been attacked his whole life. He's had anxiety. It's, you know, they tried to erase everything. So to hear that it brought you guys closer together is just, it, it's good to hear. And, and you, you bring up a good point as, as a family, you know, I, I think it was like, it was in a way kind of a good thing because we had each other too. Yeah, you know, like, like Lazar is by himself. He's kind of, you know, he, he, he had, had some demons to fight. I mean, he was just that, and, yeah. and so a lot of people are experiencers or whatever. They're they're kind of, but but we we are always a family, you know. So it was I was always, you know, through the generations and all that kind of thing. You know, there's a, there, it just it just it's gone through the family. It's going to continue through my kids. Um, so you so it is, and it, it, like like a, 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 I wrote a, a book a, a few years ago, like six years ago now, and. Uh, someone we were thinking about you know our kids are th- th- this was at the time was coming out my kids were still in grade school that kind of thing well we don't want to let's, let's just kind of no we're not going to talk about that but somebody talked to somebody next thing i know we're signing books to teachers and the f- school's loving all this stuff so instead of trying to bury it and hide it they embraced it i mean that i was a kid, kid with people it's like driving up to pick up my kids and these other kids come and knock on the window hey did you see independence day they talked about roswell and that you know, so that's the kind of thing that's going on, and it continues to go on. So a lot more, like I said, it's a lot friendlier of a place, you know, as far as that goes. People, yeah. I, you know, it's not that people are just want to believe anything, but they, they but they also like the idea, you know, that that, that there's something out there, and they, you know, it, it's just, it's just different because, like I said before, it was like people trying to do, you know, scare their own shadow. No, it can't exist. It's horrible. There's you're you're crazy. But now it's like, well, you know, it's, it's actually kind of a good thing. So. Well, look at the new space telescope. I mean, what? Uh, I forget the name of it already. Hubble? James, uh, yeah, whatever you want to call it. But no, not the Hubble, the James. Yeah, James Hubble. Webb telescope, yeah. Yeah, well, I couldn't think of the name. It just went totally <laughs> blank. Um, what I was going to say was, look at all the galaxies that just in that one picture that I took like a, a couple of months ago. I mean, there has to be more. There has to be other species. There has to be other places with life on it. There's no way that we're the only one. I just, after seeing that, I was like, that is incredible, you know? Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. There wouldn't be. All the elements are there. All those, I mean, everything is there. Like so they, they found plenty of habitable planets just in our neighborhood, you know, in, in, in you know, a number of light years out. And let alone, and we're just scratching the surface. And I, I love those things. Like the, the Webb Telescope, they had this one, you know, I'm not quite sure where it is, but there's a, there's a place where it's almost vacant. So you have all these galaxies, then you got a little, a little place where there's absolutely nothing. And so I was like, these are fascinating things. And, and uh, I might, like, again, back to my father, he he was a big, he believed in string theory. And that was kind of what, one of the things he was really a, a proponent of. And, and But he'd go back and explain to us as kids, string theory and how that fits into creation and that fits into, and it was able to communicate these crazy scientific topics to kids and they'd understand. And that was one of his geniuses. And like, there's, it, it was just, that whole idea and it, it just everything just makes sense it what what wouldn't make sense would be that that you know we're, we're the only ones here it's it just that that just uh, on a scale it doesn't make any sense at all that we would be so see now i'm yeah. jealous 
I'm literally the biggest nerd when it comes to like string theory, when it comes to um, quantum mechanics, when it comes uh, to all types of neuroscience. So you definitely had one of the coolest dads in the world, man. I'm not going to uh, lie. No, no, I was lucky. We were, without question. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story is like we, we get up uh, in the morning sometimes to go grab our cereals on, on the way to school. My dad would meet us in the hallway and we had to throw on lead aprons. Oh, because no. He was, testing, he was testing an atom smasher he built in our basement. He didn't want us to get radiated. So that, that was just, you know, that, that was just, that was just normal day-to-day -day stuff. You know, no big you deal. Know, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, remember the movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of that. Yeah, AJ, that we've missed great. out on so much here. I know. I know. <laughs> Are you up for adoption? We, can you adopt us? No. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. So, this, I've got another question for you, Jesse. And again, I'm going back to that that TV show. I don't want to get monotonous, but there was a rumor in that show that there was part of the, we call it the wreckage, that was actually kept and hidden, buried somewhere. There, I have no doubt that that's true. Uh, you know, we we were actually part of what was going to was was going to be a treasure hunt to go find some of it. But I have my own ideas where some of it's at. But with the rest of it, there's been stories out there. Some of it, you know, there's I think there's a, a thread of truth to a lot of what's being said out there about it. Um, but we're we're going to go with that. But you know, we we might do a lot of exploring ourselves as a family, you know, tracking yeah. tracking the steps and and what logically would have made sense to my grandfather. Unfortunately, he passed away literally like uh not really so much a heart attack but a stroke and it's like if he had if he was going to tell anybody anybody that there was something hidden he didn't get a chance to do it unfortunately yeah but i i mean there has to be it's out there's some out there there's there's i think he was left with a piece back at his house in uh, homa that followed him through so i i absolutely do believe there is there's materials out there and and there, there's lots of other interesting stories of uh one was telling me about someone had a piece a sliver of this uh the foil they're using as a bookmark in a house out in Roswell. They just kind of that was passed through. So there, there are. I mean, there, there, there has to be whatever you want to believe. There's still parts of it out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a matter. My, my dad, I always like my dad. Always this thing about having, you know, like the the Indiana Jones, you know, the the big warehouse where they're bringing all these big, uh, you know, big cases of, of whatever, and it, it gets lost in a warehouse, and then and then all of a sudden what. Going into my the crystal skull thing came out. They did that same that same scene that my my father depicted about for twenty years was in that it was in their movie about you know where this secret hidden stuff you know so and you know some of us there I I, I have my own ideas um, that uh, of of about some uh, greater importance than the material itself um, but uh, that'll be I don't mean mysterious or whatever but through research and that kind of thing we'll be you know doing doing more with it but we do as a family as a marcel family we do intend to, and we've been asked by quite a number of people as to you know to come out and kind of give more of what we're doing what we're talking what what's what's going on within our family what 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 the experience was like with what our, what our family was like and, and my grandfather and father of course so we're going to be doing a little bit more of that just it, just you know you get a little bit older and now we have a little you know maybe hopefully a little more time to go out and have some have some fun and meet some people Wow. Well, hey, we got a couple. We got a uh, couple minutes for a couple more questions, and I want to ask you real quick. 
if you could tell us a little bit about this, uh, you know, TV show that you were talking about that you are going to get yourself into that I think is going to be a great idea. Are you allowed to talk about it or no? Oh, you know, the, the, the actual TV, the, the, the specials that came on, I think it was History Channel, um, are done. Um, and, you know, we, 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 you know, we have managers. What's that? Talk about the road show you wanted to do. Oh, on the road. Okay, show, show. Yeah, we're uh, going to go definitely on the road and, and, and do some very personal, intimate meetings with some people um, and go out there and just just go through. And kind of, kind of we brought up here um, some of the mysteries involved in Roswell that maybe with the right people, we can help have them solved. We have we as a family have a lot of the source documentation, you know, all diuretical all, journals, all these kind of things. And it's going to be one of those things that we're going to bring out and people are going to be, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to be doing it all over the world. And people can come out and we'll sit down and it'll be kind of a, a more of an intimate conversation. And we'll we'll have some people to you know, come up with some ideas of what they think after looking at some of the stuff. And, you know, how do you see us? Kind of, kind of what we did on the show a little bit. Some people analyze it, but not from, a, you know, I don't care. You don't have to be from UFOlogy or, or this area. Just a sleuth, just somebody that's looking. This, this is a great mystery. I mean, it's one of the greatest mysteries there is. It's kind of like, so, you know, come with us to be part of that. You'll maybe you'll see something we don't. Maybe you'll have some ideas that we haven't thought of, but more make it a, a you know a bigger a kind of an adventure and a kind of a fun thing. So we want to do that, and that we're actually at this point looking at uh, going to your going out to England to do the, the kickoff for it. So we're, we're, we're be, we'll, we'll be we'll be going around. You know, there there isn't a time frame for it yet, so it's going to be a little bit put together. We're going to be going, and again, it's just going to be really just pretty much the the Marcells. We do have. I worked with this one gentleman, and he he, um, he he was he's actually kind of a retired police officer, and he did homicide detective. He was a homicide detective, and he did a lot of investigating. And you know, he would draw the you know the, the, what did the person look like, whatever that whatever was missing or whatever this whole thing or who the who the the perpetrator was, and he was an expert in that and forensics. And we're going to be bringing him. He's come in and and, and partnering with us to go and take an entirely different view of analyzing what people have seen and experienced and applying what he's worked with the FBI, the CIA, the, the, with, and, and, and police force and that kind of thing, bringing all of those elements that he's learned through the through decades and, and how to do this stuff and now applying it to these kind of investigations. And, and people, and I, I always love the way he talks about things. Like when you go to interview somebody, you can't make any suggestions. How, like, I, I don't want to speak for a bit. His name's Dan Halley. Um, he says, you can't ask somebody how tall they were because they all get the word tall in their mind. And now they're thinking the person's tall. He said, you never actually bring that kind of information into it. So, but he has a way he's learned forensically to how to get data from people that's meaningful and how to push the right buttons to have more come out that, that's, that's actually meaningful. So we're pulling all of that. He's pulling all of those resources, all of that intelligence, all of that experience into this realm. Help, help people come up with, you know, whether an experience there or they've seen something, but bring a whole new way to look at things and, and bring it out. So we just want to do it. It's it's, it's going to be all open, uh, available, all the information we get, so open to anybody who wants to see it, you know, that kind of thing. So really just like a really a, a holistic way of just of, of getting more out there. And then and there's some people like in, here in the United States, the, the government has an open line kind of thing. Like you see something, say something. Well, yeah. people are intimidated to call the government. And, and give their story well uh, as a marcel people believe whatever so it's kind of like 
you know, they, 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 they believe that, well, we were part of a UFO story all our whole life. So anything you tell me, we're not going to look at you as being strange because look at me, you know. So it yeah, opens yeah. that it opens that door up to to do that. So, so on I that road show, uh, sorry, AJ, oh. on that road show, are you are you bringing like a, a load of things that were your grandfather's along? Like, do you, you know, do you like still have, for instance, the the uniform that he was wearing when he found the stuff, or is there things like that that you're bringing? No, no, more more documentation, more personal writings, more all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's an interesting idea. I wonder if there's a, if if one of his old uh, uniforms is around somewhere. I'm not quite sure, but but yeah, a lot more of those kind of things. And we'll, we'll make it, you know, uh, you know, that people will be able to come and view that kind of thing. So it's not going to be just on TV. I tell you what, with the documentation and then your buddy who's the cop who's going to be a part of this, yeah. I think it's going to bring a whole new level to a, a great roadshow. I really do. And I, and I can't wait to see what you do with it because I know it's going to be amazing because the way you just described his forensics and the way that he interviews people alone knows that he's going to get information out of somebody that's not going to be something that was planted in their mind subconsciously. So I think that's very And So I think, I think that, that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, you know, as, as as you know, doing everything he's done in his life, it's like you you kind of you 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 realize you know what are you going the right direction with this something or is this is this psychological? Is it actually a real experience? As if it is, what do we draw that? And he's already been invited to some others other things around the world to come take a look at what they have. So, yeah, and it, it is just starting. It really just started in the last six months. So we we expect it to be interesting and very you know very open. Um, a lot of, you know, a, a, people can become involved as little or as, as, as much as they want to. Um, so it should be, it should be a lot of fun. That's great. Uh, well, Robin, you want to ask another question before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, yeah, well, I've got one. Yeah, the, the, the wreckage that was found and all the wreckage and stuff that's been found in different places that people obviously believe. I mean, I, I firmly believe it, but other people are sort of skeptical. Do you think it's places like Area 51 and stuff that this stuff is being held at? You know, I wouldn't say a specific place, but definitely. Absolutely. There are places where biological and and materials are being held around the world. And they yeah, because it's like you, you can't, you know, you, you cross that line, especially at Area 51, you get, you get shot dead, no, no questions asked. So it's like, you know, what, what's there that they want you to see? Right. Well, I, I always look at it, you know, pulling it back just a little, a little bit. It's like, if you believe that there's, it, it's it almost it almost like, it's not really whether you believe in the life, extra life out there or not, is do you believe technology can get whatever it is here? That's really the question. It's like, I mean, I, I you rarely meet anybody that's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. There's not life out there. But I don't believe in aliens. Well, you don't believe they can get here? Where 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 in your beliefs do you do you stop? Where does it become? No, that's possible. I mean, we're right on the edge scientifically of being able to you know things that'll circumvent some of the you know that work within our universe, but yet circumvent some of the you know some of those properties that keep us from going so fast. That kind of thing. But I mean, we're here. You know, go out a thousand years for somebody else that's already been where we're at. There's you know, it's, to me, there's no question that they can find some way to traverse the you know the universe, the heavens, the galaxies the interstellars yeah but so you, you got to go to that level and of course if anything's here we're going to investigate it and it's like it, it, it becomes kind of a logical thing and it, to me it's almost illogical to think that it doesn't exist it's yeah. illogical to think that there isn't something 
you know, at, at, at places, you know, area 51 could be a heart. It could be a distraction. You know, it yeah. could be, it, it could be like, yeah, yeah. Don't look over here, everybody. Well, because really everything's happening over here, but everybody's concentrating <laughs> over here because don't look at this. You know, well, it's, it's, you just don't know. R said that Bob Lazar said, no, it wasn't area 51 that I had the experience. at. It was S4, which is like a couple of miles, like a thousand, like, I don't know, like maybe 10 or whatever miles he said away. So it was funny that you say that it's always a deception. It's always a, a slight trick of hand, kind of like magic, like how, how magicians do things. But um, I, I really like that. Jesse, would you uh, would you be willing to come back on again? Well, of course. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, uh, Robin, you want to ask one more thing? I know you're itching over there. No, honestly, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just pleasure talking to Jesse oh, yeah. there. Yeah. And like I can say, when you bring it over to the UK, give me a, give me a show. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll put you on the we'll, We're going to put together a list of people. We'll, we'll add you guys to it. Cool. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an honor. Um, we will definitely see you uh, definitely soon for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Stay in touch. Thank no problem. Well, Dave. And I'll throw any questions that's for sure. Thank you, my friend. Take Thanks, care. Man. Bye. Man, that was such a cool show. Wow. I did, there was so much, like literally so much that I wanted to ask, but I was just in awe. I was in awe because. I've never got to hear that side of the story. I've only heard a, a very outlined general version of the story. So to hear such in-depth stuff was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's an amazing story. And like I say, from watching that TV show and <clears throat> and, and seeing seeing all that through the the eyes of, of an outsider, but yeah. an outsider who's working along with Jesse, who we just had on, and, and looking into things, and it's, it's just phenomenal. And, and like I say, keep going back to it, but that photograph, I mean, the, the, the look on his face, it just tells a thousand stories. I know, this one right here. Yep. Yeah. His face does look, tell a thousand stories right there, for yeah. sure. Yeah, if, if that was, if that was a, a weather balloon that had crashed, and it was a weather balloon that he was showing, it, not, not say, like, with a smile, but you'd be like, you know what I mean? He's yeah. just completely looking away as if to say, really? Really, you're making me show this? You know what I mean? And it's like... Yeah. Get it. You know, I get it. Man. See, for me, dude, it's like more like I'm kind of nervous to um, dive deep into the alien situation because it kind of scares me because obviously it's the unknown where I kind of lose all control. So that's why I kind of never dive too deep into the alien situation. But let me tell you, it doesn't make me a non-believer because I am a believer for 100% sure. Um, I've seen too much evidence to say that there's not something and not other species out there. But I tell you what, to have the in-depth story right now of Roswell um, is absolutely amazing. So thank you for, you know, having Jesse come on and thank you oh, to Jesse. Honestly, it was amazing. I've been so, I've been looking forward to that one for a while. You know yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yep, we've been talking about it for weeks. So yeah, but we want to thank everyone who is watching. And uh, my name is AJ Capasso from Talking with the Source. I'm Mr. Humphreys is in. Yeah, what's up, Mr. Mr. Humphreys? Mm -hmm. Um, go ahead, Robin. So I'm I'm AJ Capasso from Talking with the Source. Robin from Hoffman Paranormal and Talking with the Source. And uh, you guys watched another episode, so. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Later.
See you later. 